Welcome to the Lipstick and Cowboy Boots podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Hausauer. Today's guest was involved in the sport of rodeo at a young age. He was on the board for the Box Springs Pro Rodeo and produced his first event of bull riding at Box Springs at the age of 15 years old. He rode steers and bulls, then followed in his father's footsteps and became a bullfighter, eventually retiring when he donated one of his kidneys to his mother. Shortly after, he became a rodeo admin for the Canadian Professional Rodeo Association. Since then, he has produced the Calgary Stampede, the Canadian Finals Rodeo, Salt Lake City Days of 47, along with several other original and award-winning productions like Bulls After Dark, the Grey Cup Rodeo, and most recently, Stampede's Evening Show, Ride Into the Night. As well, he is the Vice Chairman of the Association of Rodeo Committees and the Canadian Director for Safe Arena Footing. His newest endeavor may be one of the biggest, as he will be producing the American Rodeo in Arlington, Texas. He is married to his wonderful wife, Megan. Together, they have two beautiful daughters, Isla and Ophelia. Keenan Vine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Cast. Where in the world are you today? I am in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, in the old stockyards. I'm actually staying in the stockyards hotel. So, a little piece of history right now. I'd say. I wonder if anybody's been shot in there. Maybe in your own room. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's pretty rustic. It's nice, though. It's nice. I believe it. I've been watching too much of that 1883 show, so that's why that came to mind. <laughs> well, they probably rolled through here a time or two. I bet you. Uh, have you had any time to go fishing down there? Will you have any time? Oh, there's always time to go fishing. There's always time to go fishing. I don't know. Bass fishing around here, so we'll see. I, I just got in today, and uh, things are rolling here. They started with the... Um, tie down roping qualifiers yesterday and then the breakaway roping qualifiers start tomorrow and there's 500 breakaway ropers so it's going to go on for a few days and there's lots of qualifying that's going to happen in the next few days here yeah it's really exciting i see uh, logan bird made it in that's exciting i wonder if lakota will be there tomorrow at the breakaway and a bunch of other canadians as well so that's awesome are you gonna head down to the breakaway roping or what's your schedule look like this week yeah, I'll I'll be around for some of it, and uh, you know, mostly just getting everything ready for the production side of things. And when we start with the semifinals in uh, here, and then move over to AT&T Stadium on the sixth. So, um, but I'm I'm here and and around for most of the qualifier portion of it for the next week here. Nice. So I want to know um, what all is involved as a producer of the rodeos. That you've been a part of well i mean it can run the gamut for from from my side of things you know it can start from setting up the arena and and putting down footing to you know securing the building and and working on sponsorship and and everything from that side of it or you know a lot of what i do is is come in and and actually just do the the show pieces so put together the production team and when I say production team, I mean the, you know, the announcing staff and the music and the sound and pyrotechnics and, and those sorts of things. So, um, you know, depending on the, the rodeo, I would say it depends on how much or how little I'm involved. But from, you know, the Calgary Stampede standpoint, managing it on a year-round basis, it was, it was, you know, we put together everything from parking and security to, to you know, 
who's going to be saying what on the the PA reads for the announcers. So, you know, it's uh, I mean, that's quite a bit more involved than if you're just coming in to be a part of production. You know, like say the Calgary or the Canadian Finals rodeo and very specific roles that that some of us played for a rodeo like that. Mm-hmm. Where did your passion for rodeo production come from? What made you want to be involved with that aspect of it? Well, yeah, you mentioned, you know, my family, my dad was one of the founding members of the Box Springs Rodeo. And so I grew up as a kid going to Box Springs and, and uh, putting that rodeo on and, and, you know, we'd be there for a month ahead of time, weed whipping all the, around all the porta potties and, and getting everything painted up and ready to go. And, um, you know, that was kind of where I got my start in, in that side of it. And, and I always just enjoyed kind of being behind the scenes and, and putting on the show and, and everything from the sponsorship side of it and working with the production personnel and the secretaries and the timers. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed that. So that was, you know, really where I got my start doing it. And, and I just always wanted to put on my own productions and, so, you know, I started put on my own bull riding, put on a WPB bull riding, I think, when I was 15 years old. And, you know, I was going around up and down the streets, putting flyers under people's windshields and promoting it. And, yeah, I just, I, I just always thought that was the fun side of the, the you know, the industry. And and now that's what I do for a living. But, and it's, uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be some days, that's for sure. But um, that's kind of, you know, how I got into it. And work my way up I, I one of my first jobs at box springs rodeo was you know helping do the ground so you know back in those days we just get the cultivator and work mm-hmm. it up and then get the harrows out and harrow it and water it and you're good to go but uh you know we spent a lot of time doing that and my family my dad put in our oil patch and uh we had a heavy equipment company so you know i guess thinking back on on it that was always a big part of what we were a part of, you know, was, was preparing the, the arena and uh, bringing all our equipment and our graders and everything. And um, so that was, you know, that was from my earliest memories. We were working on the arena and getting the rodeo ready for Box Springs. Talking about ground, can you tell us a little bit about the safe arena footing that you're part of as a Canadian director and what all that is? Yeah, so SAFE is an organization uh, that was developed um, kind of in conjunction with the, the WPRA and Jimmy Monroe a number of years ago, and, and really it's a group of industry experts um, from different, you know, uh, equine sports. Um, there's there's reining, jumping, all sorts of uh, uh, different sports that are involved, but a lot of it uh, came together around barrel racing and and the group of people that would consult on and and work with the committees on their ground and um, so a few years ago Jimmy approached me and asked if I'd be interested in and in get in contact with the the safe group and um, work with them on the Canadian side of things and just as timing would have it it was COVID kind of hit so um, you know we haven't done as much work as as uh, in years past but safe is really the group that um, you know, kind of came on and, and got a lot of the good uh, rodeos in their kind of advanced their footing and, and, you know, of what it is today. And 
so <clears throat> fortunate enough to to get hooked up with that group and um, you know do some work with them and and kind of adopt best practices really is what they're uh, is what they've created for creating good rodeo arena footing. Yeah, and we've seen the Calgary Stampede ground go from a little bit iffy, let's say, to the last few years that we've seen Calgary. The ground has been amazing. Wenda Johnson's run 17 twos there. I think Haley ran a 16 there one year. Like, it's changed a lot over the years and for the better, so we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and that's a lot of, I mean, I guess, you know, behind the scenes time and, and work that nobody ever gets to see but you know even at the stampede we started you know when we started changing how we did the ground we started to bring a disker in um you know and some of it's fairly rudimentary like people think it's super complicated and sometimes it's it's not it's just it's like building a road right you have to mm-hmm. work it up water it back it get it to where it needs to be and and have it level set right so um good footing obviously starts with having it nice and and even and no holes and um so we bring in a you know bring in the disker disc it up and then start working it back down and and then pack it roll it and then work it back up to where we wanted it and the biggest thing at the stampede and and a lot of Canadian rodeos that they don't have to deal with in the United States ever is that we also run on a racetrack. So the, the girls are, you know, um, I mean, not just, not just in the barrel race, but in any of the other events, they can be coming on and off a racetrack, uh, going to a hard surface to a soft surface in the infield. And so Mm -hmm. my biggest goal is always just to make it even coming on and off the racetrack for the, for the chuck wagon drivers. And, and of course, then for the rodeo and if it's good for, for, rodeo and and we can make it even and then you know do mm-hmm. the ground for for the chuck wagons uh it's better that way than try to have you know essentially chuck wagon ground for a rodeo is just not not possible so that was yeah, that's absolutely. a big undertaking to to switch over an arena especially dealing with weather um you know two mm-hmm. or three times in a day let alone you know over yeah. 10 days and I mean, one year stampede, we got 14 inches of rain in 10 days and we never had to cancel a day, you know, so um, yeah, just constant management is really all I can say about that. Well, you've done a great job of that, Keenan. We all appreciate it. Believe that. I also want to talk about you being the vice chairman of the Association of Rodeo Committees. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, Association of Rodeo Committees is a organization made up of, well, any rodeo committee in uh, in the world can be a part of it. And we do have rodeo committees from, from all around the world that are members. And uh, mainly it's, it's, you know, some of the larger rodeos in North America are a part of it. And that's kind of what it was created for was to be an organization and more of a, a, a voice of, of the rodeos to take back to the PRCA or the WPRA or the, the sanctioning bodies and, and be that advocate for the rodeos. So mm-hmm. I've been the vice chair of that for a number of years now and, and sat on the board for probably five or six years. And uh, we, you know, fortunate enough to do a lot of good work and, um, you know, being that voice for the for the rodeo committees and the producers of rodeo and and really trying to advocate for them, which 
the irony of that is that if it's good for the rodeo, it's going to end up being good for the rodeo contestants and everybody involved because really they're just trying mm-hmm. to grow it and make it sustainable and, and keep it going. And um, oftentimes it gets overlooked that it's not a cookie cutter situation for rodeo to rodeo. It can't all be the same and how we do our business. But at the end of the day, the good people involved really just want it to be better for everybody. So. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay, let's get into the topic of the podcast, Teton Ridge. Can you just tell us a little bit about Teton Ridge? What is Teton Ridge? Yeah, so Teton Ridge is the company. Uh, Thomas Tall is is the owner of Teton Ridge. And um, I would say Teton Ridge is a company that is going to be involved uh, and is getting involved in the Western industry and Western lifestyle and on a number of fronts, uh, entertainment, sports aspects, and, uh, you know, our main, our main goal, our main vision is to, uh, you know, promote and preserve the Western lifestyle and uh, the heritage and traditions of, of the Western lifestyle and the sports within it. So Mm -hmm. um, Teton Ridge is getting fairly heavily involved in uh, most of the disciplines of Western sports, you know, cutting, reining, working cow horse, barrel racing, Mm team roping. And of course, um, you know, they became a presenting sponsor of the national finals rodeo and then purchased the Americans. So uh, on the sporting side, uh, also being involved in producing rodeos, uh, uh, bought the better barrel racers and Otra team roping. So, mm-hmm. you know, just getting involved in as many layers and aspects of, of the industry in that regard, and then also starting uh, the TR9 Ranch, which is a breeding and, and training facility for Western performance horses. So it's a multifaceted approach, definitely. And then on the other mm-hmm. side of it, we have, uh, which, is, which is Thomas Tall's background, obviously, is in entertainment. So creating original... Mm-hmm. TV series like Guts to Glory that is out right now that is a lead up to, um, you know, the American and, and all mm-hmm. original content like that. So it's exciting. There's lots, lots of cool stuff going on. And, and it's really, uh, you know, honored to be a part of this new initiative and new company that's coming into the Western industry. Yeah. What is your um, new job title with them? So I am, you know, producing the American so director of production for the American and and uh, you know in the future our sporting side of the the industry and and our company will be to produce uh, our live event sports cool how excited are you about that just you yeah. know just producing the American rodeo no big deal <laughs> well yeah I, I always tell everybody I'm like it's funny it's a Canadian producing a the American. Um, but yeah, it, it is exciting. And, and for me, you know, my, I guess, goals in, in the industry were always, obviously, the Calgary Stampede is, is you know, the biggest name in, in the Western industry. And, and so to get to be the, the manager producer of that rodeo was, was a big goal, big dream. And then um, never, never even really had it on my radar and, until I got called for, you know, to come and work for Teton Ridge and, and to help with this rodeo. And so it's cool. It's cool to, to sit and think about some of the uh, events that I've got to be a part of and, and be a part of producing and, and rodeo. And uh, this one's going to be a really neat one when you go into AT&T Stadium. I mean, it's the, it's the pinnacle of uh, sporting 
you know, any any sport to be in AT and T Stadium. So it's going to be pretty cool to be in there on March sixth. That's for sure. No doubt. What kind of changes are we going to be seeing this year with the American Rodeo, or are there really any large changes? Uh, there's not, you know, not a lot of large changes. I would say, um, a lot of the aspects of the rodeo were set into place kind of, you know, a year ahead of time, especially with the money carrying over, um, from last year, nobody won the million. So now it's 2 million. So <clears throat> the, the qualifying system and everything has to say the same. Um, we will be splitting out the go around. So the, uh, contender go around or the the qualifiers where they meet with the invites will be on friday night in cowtown um here at the the fort worth coliseum mm -hmm. and then the top 10 from there will move over to at&t on sunday so a little bit change in format and mm -hmm. and then of course we'll go from a 10 round to a four round with the uh, tim mcgraw and faith hill concert in between kind of like a halftime show so uh, a little bit, yeah. a little bit change up on, you know, the production and, and kind of how it's all laid out, but essentially, you know, the formatting of it is, is been left the same for, for this year anyways. Awesome. Okay. Some question that we, we've seen it all already all over Facebook. Where can people watch it? Well, they can watch it a lot of places this year. So uh, it will the preliminary rounds, the semifinal rounds will be um, on the Cowboy Channel. They will be mm -hmm. on Pluto on Ride Pass, and and then mm -hmm. leading into until all of those uh, the semifinals one through three, and the contender round on Friday, and then on Sunday it will be uh, again on the Cowboy Channel and um, and Pluto for the the ten go round, and then on the championship mm -hmm. round it will be that's our prime time live on insp so it'll be on um kind of simulcast on several different platforms and broadcast on several different networks so that also is exciting because uh the rodeo is not just on one channel or another channel it's on multiple channels on multiple uh networks and uh you know hopefully that will just bring a broader audience to the to the rodeo this year can you touch on why that's important? Because I think a lot of times people want it to be just on one thing. Like everyone now, we're so used to Cowboy Channel. We only want it to be on Cowboy Channel. But can you just touch base and explain like why it's important to bring in a broader audience and to be able to showcase the sport and especially this this specific rodeo on more than just one platform? Yeah, and I mean, the American, it's a unique platform. It's a unique format. It's exciting. You know, it's the richest one day rodeo uh, three million dollars in prize money so it really is captivate captivating to maybe an audience that wouldn't necessarily be a hardcore uh, endemic audience for rodeo so to be able to get it out on platforms where people might just happen to see it or would tune in and and not otherwise be you know subscribed to a cowboy channel or something like that um, mm -hmm. you know, that's really our opportunity to pull in those new fans and, and to broadcast it out to a, a larger demographic and get them interested. And <clears throat> rodeos like the American being in AT&T Stadium and having $3 million are really a great, uh, you know, I would say the marketing side of things is great for, for the sport and the industry in that way. 
and uh, and it might get people to you know it's like they would watch the Masters and they wouldn't otherwise be watching golf and the Masters mm-hmm. is on the Golf Channel but it's also on NBC and CTV in Canada or TSN and it needs to be on those other networks in order to get it to the broader audience so um, you know much like Kentucky Derby and and those other larger sports platforms so. I, mm-hmm. I just relate it to that and say that it needs to go to a broader demographic and, and, you know, I mean, in turn, you might also gain more viewership for a uh, subscription based channel like the Cowboy channel when somebody says, Oh, I really love this. So I'm going to get my subscription to the Cowboy channel and watch the rest of the Oilers all year long. So I think that it's, you know, I think it's good. It's not, it's definitely not a, a bad thing to have, especially the larger rodeos um, on, more than one broadcasting network. I agree, absolutely. Um, what changes, if any, have there been with regards to animal rights and advocacy within the American Rodeo and Teton Ridge, if any? Well, Teton Ridge, uh, you know, like I said, we're here to promote and preserve the Western uh, culture. And um, there will be some changes, you know, this year at the American some rules like the the no six second rule and the tie down and and disqualification for the jerk down and um you know even some of the timing rules and and taking your stock and different things like that 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 truly do make a difference for for the welfare of the animals that uh, we have implemented for sure and and you know i think it's just important that um that's always top of mind that's always top of mind for me when i produce an event is is the animals uh care and safety and Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing that I think about. And, and I think, you know, if, as long as the animals are taken care of, it's kind of like doing the grounds. It doesn't matter. It's not about the barrel racing versus the tie down roping. Uh, it starts with safe ground. It starts with good, consistent ground because that's the foundation for the animals to be, you know, competing safely on. And, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And it's, you know, for us in the industry, we talk about animal welfare. Animal welfare is like providing the basic necessities for an animal to exist. For mm-hmm. us, it's strictly animal care. We need to go above and beyond. We choose to use these animals for our livelihood, for our sport, for our entertainment. So it's our duty to, to go above and beyond minimum care provided. And so, you know, if, if any of those types of rules that could help benefit the animal and, and uh, make it better for our viewer, then, then we're going to do it. You cut out there for a minute, but you're back now. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You just went off the, went it's off okay. the screen. Are we good again? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I was just saying any, any rules that are going to be ben- beneficial to our animals and, and make it better for our guests and our viewer, then yeah, for sure. We're going to move look to endeavor to make those changes absolutely and i think it is important it is obviously important for the animals but too if we are bringing in a broader audience who might not understand things we want it to seem like the best environment so that we don't have people like PETA on our backs right so i think that's really smart yeah Yeah, absolutely we know that we're we plan to attract an audience that that doesn't necessarily understand or know a lot about rodeos so we mm-hmm. have to present it to them in a way that they can relate to it and understand it and, and, you know, and see that we are putting our best foot forward for the, the industry and especially for the animals. For sure. Can you tell us about the athlete endorsements with Teton Ridge? Because some people have seen some things about it, but I don't think people really know what's going on with regards to that. 
yeah, so Teton Ridge is, you know, building a team of athletes, um, you know, not necessarily just as a sponsor, but as a partner and a partner in their animals and a partner as, with them as trainers. So we have it, um, you know, on the, on the performance horse side, like I said, you know, we have uh, um, Corey Cushing, uh, you know, as a trainer. And then on the other side, we have, uh, you know, Haley Kinsel and Lisa Lockhart, Sherry Servi, Brittany Posey. So it, it's interesting kind of uh, different approach to it and, and not just a sponsorship, but it's more of a, a partnership and a relationship with them and, and their breeding and their expertise. And, you know, I think it's going to be a really interesting approach to it. And, and I think it's going to have some really cool long-term uh, effects on the industry. That's awesome. Um, do you know if Teton Ridge will be working on any events within Canada or what does their involvement within Canada look like for the future? I don't know yet. I, I don't know what the plans are. I mean, Teton Ridge definitely wants to be a global, uh, you know, have a global presence and be a global leader in the industry. So uh, that being said, I think that they're going to want to have involvement, you know, in, in anywhere where there is uh, Western sports. So. Australia, Brazil, Canada, New Zealand, you know, wherever, wherever we can be involved. And, um, you know, I think it's just in its infancy right now, as far as the planning and, and where that's going to go. And, um, you know, for, for those of us that are involved, we're a very small company right now. There's, there's very few of us that are uh, employees of Teton Ridge. And, you know, it's been our main goal right now is to uh, produce the very best rodeo at the American and, and of course it's already started with our with our preliminary rounds uh, but to produce that rodeo and then kind of get you know get out and, and start planning and, and looking forward from there so um, I'm excited to see where it's going to go I think it's you know uh, I mean selfishly for, for me being from Canada I hope I hope there is involvement in Canada for sure Definitely. I think that wraps it up for my Teton Ridge questions. Do you have anything else to add or anything you wanted to tell people about Teton that we didn't already cover? No, I think we, we covered it off. Like I said, I think it's, uh, you know, it's exciting for the industry um, to have fresh, uh, fresh people involved and fresh faces and uh, people that are genuinely interested in, in helping grow and sustain our culture and our, way of life so um mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited I'm, I'm born and raised in it and uh you know mm -hmm. we're always i think rodeo especially uh is always the first to be skeptical of new people and new faces and and what are they up to but um you know i've seen firsthand that this group of people is really genuinely uh you know excited about helping and and growing our industry so um, i'm excited to see where it's going to go that's great i love it what does the future of rodeo look like to you? That's an interesting question. I, I think, you know, um, I'd say this. I've talked, you know, whether I'm talking with Tanner Lacey on Cowboy Shit or, or who I'm talking to, if I'm at speaking in front of a group of rodeo committees at a conference or what it is, um, you know, I think we have to be very – honest in saying that we're at a crossroads probably right now with rodeo we need uh 
you know, for sustainability, we need more participation. Uh, we have lots of participation mm-hmm. in ground events. We have lots of participation in barrel racing and the breakaway roping, which is awesome. Uh, but our mm-hmm. numbers in the bareback riding and the bull riding, especially, are, are not going in the same direction. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, those two events, especially, we, we need the competitors in order to, to keep going. And so that would be my one side of things is saying it's, you know, we got to do something. We got to, big drastic changes need to be made and the entire industry as a whole needs to push in the same direction. And then on the other side of it, I see a lot of cool things that are happening and, and changing and, you know, bigger money and more opportunities for the breakaway ropers and for, you know, different groups within the industry. So um, it's like there's some kind of simultaneous things that are happening, but um, in order for the whole industry to grow, I think we got to, you know, you always kind of got to watch out the, uh, the side mirror and make sure everybody's coming along with you. So uh, we can't lose sight of that when, when we're talking about an industry growing and, and being sustainable because at the end of the day, it takes all the events. And the irony of that is that all the other events have been saying for years and years, hey, we need to have all the events to sell tickets and people come to watch team roping, people come to watch all these events. So mm-hmm. we can't afford to have bareback riding or bull riding drop off um, for you know lack of competitors because then we wouldn't mm-hmm. have a whole rodeo. So, um, you know, and and I think it's it's really amazing to see some of the advancements in even the competition and and the the competitive level of these young kids. So. Um, you know, it just would be a dream to see, you know, some of these good young bareback riders like Rocker Steiner and Cole Reiner and Leighton Barry, but to see 200 of them instead of three, right? And uh, How do you propose that we get more of them? Well, it's just, I mean, rodeo has a recruitment issue. We don't do any recruiting, right? Um, Other sports are going out and they're touching, um, you know, they're, they're going out and asking kids to participate in, football and baseball, basketball, soccer, and get them involved at a young age in a safe and, and, you know, um, structured manner. And Mm -hmm. in rodeo, we just don't have a uh, cohesive format for that. And we don't, you know, everybody's not doing the exact same thing that's based off of, you know, analytics and statistics and research to know that that's the best way to to do it. And so somebody might say, well, mini bareback riding is the best way to get kids involved, knowing nothing about what's the long-term effects of a six-year-old kid riding a 350-pound miniature horse, you know, like nobody knows what Mm -hmm. that's going to turn out five years from now. So, um, you know, that's just the downfall of rodeo. We could have those analytics if we wanted to. It's just that we don't have um, analytics that we're really endeavored to keep that central database and, and work in one cohesive unit and high school rodeo really has been the best system and for Mm -hmm. some reason you know we even kind of veer away from that just depending on the the flavor of the week right so high school rodeo has been developing young young talent in rodeo for you know nearly 100 years right or however Mm -hmm. many years 75 years i think it's been around and um again we just have to concentrate just like other sports do you know basketball and football and baseball they really get behind their high school and college level sports but mm-hmm. that would be that's what i'm a big advocate for even on the association of rodeo committees um you know i kind of beat the drum and say 
hey, if we all just focused our energy on uh, high school rodeo and junior high school rodeo, I think we'd be a lot better off and everybody kind of picking and choosing and doing their own little thing, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what are some changes that you personally have uh, done to rodeo that have had a positive outcome? I can name one, but I would like you to name it. <laughs> Which one? Which one? I don't know. I really liked the barrel racers going first. I think that was really smart for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I mean. Um, At Calgary yeah, and the Canadian Finals Rodeo, those are both pretty big events to start that off. Yeah, we, and you know, I mean, I can't lay claim to saying that that's the first place that I've ever done it or seen it done, but, um, you know, done it for years in uh, Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I like started with the barrel race there. And um, one of the reasons is just because I had a hard time controlling the um, humidity and the, the moisture in the ground. And so I feel that it, you know, it, the barrel racing, especially with the mechanism of uh, turning of the barrels, I think just you need more moisture and more compaction underneath the horse's hooves so it's a lot easier to control the the moisture in the ground if you get them to go first and you can prep the ground and have it ready for them to go and you know again uh, depending on the rodeo and where you're at uh, the barrel racing is the most dependable event to be exciting and fast-paced and click along and get you started on a really good note you know really high note everybody loves a barrel race so um you know if you start off with the bareback riding or another event and maybe only three guys show up or you know you got a bunch of buck offs or whatever it might be uh that's not exactly the bang you want to start with so you know i just said why don't we just start going with the barrel race first so that was you know i mean it worked out and and at the canadian finals i thought it was was really good and um great way to start the the rodeo and and then once you're you know kind of done with the barrel racing and and have it have the barrels out of there and groom the arena then you can roll right on with the rodeo so it just keeps everything moving and and you know you can click off pretty good production wise so yeah that that to me is a, is a easy change and it was a good change and it's mm-hmm. again surprising sometimes how big of a deal some of that uh is in rodeo but um yeah, you know, probably uh, it's funny because I was talking with uh, Wayne Peterson's down here. We got him judging the the rodeo down here for us, and Alan Jordan, and they ran um, over 500 runs in the tie down roping yesterday, and we implemented the three second tie rule like we have at the Calgary Stampede for for the American, and they think that maybe potentially took about an hour and a half uh, of time off of the preliminary runs yesterday and um you know that rule that i came up with uh, when i first started working at the calgary stampede because we were trying to figure out a way to deal with the seat in the saddle rule which was to replace the no six seconds but guys were running back to their horse and causing other issues like dragging the calves and so barry mcgrath and i you know we watched a ton of video and you know consulted with tie down ropers mark nugent and and you know shane hanchy and different guys and and um you know and then wayne peterson and Jean mcclair and the judges and came up with the average time of of three seconds which was the time that it takes to check the tie on the calves and then the guys are back to their horse and they can get on and ride forward and untie them and 
Um, you know, it, change, it changes everything in the tie-down roping. It's easier on the calves. It's more mm-hmm. understandable for the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tying them up and letting them go just like we would if we were doing it out in pasture. And it makes it a roping and a tying contest, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's just better for everything, really. And so, you know, I said to Lane, I said, geez, I never thought that a legacy that I would leave as a – calf roping rule but you know i think it's a good rule and uh you know i'm a big advocate for it and and it doesn't really change the uh competition other than Mm -hmm. you can tie one down and and you know go as fast as you can and um you know these guys liked it here yesterday and they ran over 500 calves so i think that's that's a that's a neat change that uh hopefully will keep catching on it's in the wcra and obviously now at the American, Calgary, Houston. So, you know, Salt Lake City, I think it's just going to, hopefully it'll just keep going in that direction. I want to know, Keenan, what has been your proudest moment producing all the events that you've done over the years? What is like, it can be, you know, you've done the Canadian Finals Rodeo, you've done the Calgary Stampede. It doesn't have to be the specific event, but just like even one year of those events or one specific one. What is your proudest moment for yourself in your career well yeah I I mean I guess I would probably jump to bulls after dark just because that was you know just something I I'd been thinking about and wanting to do and and kind of dreaming up and then you got to make it come to life and it was an all original production and um you know I mean nothing nothing in it was really original but how we put the show together was really you know quite original and and just so so well done and uh the crew that we put together was just amazing and and fortunate enough to win a few awards with the with the show um you know but i i would actually say thinking about that question a little further and you say you know proudest moment probably would be final Sunday, the Calgary Stampede, like, I think it was 2016 or 17 when we had all that rain. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just, I, I believe it was even in the barrel race and there were, you know, beating times like at the bottom of the ground and, you know, making for a really good barrel race and a really good rodeo on final Sunday after we, you know, I mean, we had back trucks in the arena and we were literally out there. I was out there at five in the morning with a squeegee Mm -hmm. pushing water down to the alleyway and, um, you know, to get through 10 days and then to have, you know, have them making times like they had made from the first day. Um, you know, to me, that's just, those are the kind of things that I'm most proud of is, is to see the behind the scenes work that all the people do the, the tractor driver to the guy that comes and squeezy squeegees off the, the shoots and sprays them down to make them look good for the final performance. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm most proud of is, is to see the team come together and, and put on a good show and, you know, millions of people get to see a, a world-class rodeo no matter what. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer, Keenan. I approve. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to add? No, I just, you know, I know that we're on lipstick and cowboy boots, so it's a, a pretty specific demographic that 
probably tunes into I don't want to get like labeled as like the, the barrel racing brown guy or anything, you know. So <laughs> just, just a guy over here producing rodeos. <laughs> okay, fine, whatever. That's fine. I'm, I won't also ask you what your favorite lipsticking brand of cowboy boots are either. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, favorite brand of cowboy boots? Sure, we can go with that one. Justin boots. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to you. I hope you have so much fun producing the American. Yeah, it's going to be a good week.